So, the real estate market is hot, and you're looking to cash in. Don't let Uncle Sam take all your gains. Join us today as we talk about how to sell real estate like a boss. That's coming up next right here. It's Label on Fire. Welcome to Label on Fire with Label Sternbach, the financial independence and retirement show dedicated to helping you build the life of your dreams as fast as possible with as little stress as possible. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Label on Fire. Hey, Label Boss Sternbach. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? I'm well, and I, I goof on you from time to time, but today's a serious topic. Before we begin, let's, let's get a little refresher. We've talked real estate, I think it was two or three episodes back, but we're back on it today. What's the tax liability when we sell our home? We never got into that last time. Yeah. So th this is actually an interesting one because uh, most people, even advisors, are, don't seem very familiar with this. So first, when you have your home that you live in, and let's qualify that from the tax code perspective, you need to have lived in it for two out of the last five years, okay? So two out of the last five years, you were living in it, it was your primary residence. When you go to sell that, you're gonna owe capital gains, okay? So you bought it at, let's say 100,000, you sell it at 200,000, your capital gains is 200,000 minus what you bought it, so $100,000. Now you're gonna owe that in taxes, right? Now, this is again where the tax code becomes so important and we wanna do behaviors that are incentivized by the tax code. The tax code gives an exclusion and says that there's a certain amount of money that you, can, you don't have to acknowledge as income on your taxes if you sell your primary residence that you've lived in for the last two out of five years. If you're single, it's 250,000. If you're married, that's 500,000. Each get your own amount, right? So when you think about your house, right? One of the things that I'm constantly thinking about is how much has it appreciated and how much am I gonna pay on taxes when I sell it? Because when I go to sell my house, right? Because one day I'm going to wanna move out, even if this is my forever home, right? I'm gonna wanna downsize at some point. We're going to have to pay taxes on that. And there's that $500,000 of exclusion, which sounds like a lot of money, 20 years down the road, 30 years down the road, that can not be that significant of amount of money. So anyways, we have that capital gains that we're paying on taxes. The important thing I think to consider is that it's based on your cost basis in the house. So typically that's how much you bought the house for. But if you're diligent and you track how much you've invested into your home over time, doing things that are considered capital improvements. So you add an addition to your house, you renovate, you replace your floors, you replace boilers, you replace things that aren't typical wear and tear in a house. You can add that to your cost basis so that it increases or sorry, decreases the technical profit that you're making on your home. Does that answer your question? It, it does. And that's something, again, the education on this is fantastic. And I love that. So that's if you've lived in the house two of the last five years. What if you haven't? Like it was an investment property. Is it, what's the differences here? So an investment property is completely different, right? And an investment property is a business. And a business has profit and it has income and expenses. It also has something called depreciation which if your tax preparer has been doing their job properly, 
the second year you bought that investment property, they started taking depreciation on the property. And so let's say you bought a property for $100,000, they'd be able to depreciate that over the next 27 years. And depending on where you are, whatever, you may get more upfront and less on the back end, but they're depreciating that. And so when they are depreciating that, that is a loss on your taxes that's considered an expense. Even though you're not spending money, from the tax code perspective, that's an expense that you can offset your revenue from, that you can offset future revenue from. This is, again, one of the reasons why, right, when we talk about how to reduce taxes, we want to look at the tax code. The tax code is incentivizing people to become landlords, right? They're incentivizing people to purchase real estate as an investment because you get this depreciation. It's one of those benefits that you get that you can use to offset really all your income. So when we talk about real estate, you have that depreciation. So you have those expenses that you can deduct off of your tax return, right? And so let's say you are you have this investment property and you're renting it out for $1,000 a month, but you have expenses of $500 a month to maintain that property. You, can, you would only have $500 a month of recognizable income which then can be offset by your depreciation. So you may actually have paper on taxes from a tax perspective. You may have an investment property that's losing money when in reality, you're actually making money. So when we talk about investment properties and when we talk about selling investment properties as investment real estate, we need to consider the fact that the IRS is gonna make us recapture that depreciation. Right. And so all that money that we got to take off of our tax return, we're going to have to add that back into our tax return and recognize that as gains. And then we're still going to have the capital gains on the property. So if we bought the property for 100000 and sold it for 200000 we're going to have $100,000 of capital gains. Added into it, we're going to have our depreciation recapture. And probably at that point, we're going to have a significant taxable event, right? So this is the IRS or the government harvesting those seeds they planted, right? They gave us an upfront benefit for investing in real estate, building our economy. But the second we take that money out of circulation, right? The second we take our investment back and we want to live off of it, we want it for ourselves. Congress says, no, we want our incentive back, right? We want to harvest what we sowed and they're going to get their money back. So here's what investors typically do so that they don't have to recognize that as income as capital gains is they'll go ahead and they'll roll that investment over into another piece of real estate and it used to be that you can roll it over into anything now it has to be real estate to real estate it's called to doing a 1031 exchange and so you'll that's why people who get into real estate almost never exit real estate they always remain in there because there's such a huge tax disincentives for getting out, right? They're going to have to pay millions of dollars in capital gains if, as soon as they exit real estate. So they just roll it over, right? And they roll it over into another property. And here's another incentive that people have. So when you roll it over into another property, the bank is going to say, listen, you have $100,000 or $200,000 from this property. We'll give you a mortgage. Use that as a 10% down payment on another property. Right. And all of a sudden that $200,000 becomes 2 million. Right. And then you do the a few years later, you flip that again and you're got your 3 million becomes a $30 million property. And that's how people build true wealth using real estate is because of these incentives. And then instead of selling it to live off of the money, they borrow against their properties against the equity in their properties 
because everyone's willing to loan money against a property because they can always go and collect on it. And that's how the wealthy stay wealthy without paying taxes, because guess what? You don't pay taxes on debt because at some point you're going to have to pay the piper. <laughs> some taxes on that. <laughs> it's just not today. You know, you explained something that a lot of people have wondered about, me included, about these big-time people. Donald Trump comes to mind, right? Yep. These people that own real estate all over the place, yet they don't seem to have any income. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how it works. That's how it works. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Have we missed anything that you wanted to cover today? We've got a few minutes left. I think the one thing that I want to talk about, right, is as an everyday investor, right, and let's talk about retirement specifically, We've sunk all this money into our home, right? And then it comes retirement time and some of us have to sell our home in order to tap that and turn that into an asset that we're going to live off of. And the colloquial term is we're going to downsize. So that's one thing. And the other thing is sometimes we live in a big home and we just, we need to live somewhere that's more our size. And whether we need the, the money or not, when we go to sell that property, we oftentimes are going to have a tax consequence for doing it. So for the everyday person, one of the ways to offset that tax consequence is doing what we talked about a few times on the show is ordinary tax loss harvesting, right? Where we have money in our brokerage account. And instead of, instead of being upset when we have a temporary loss in the market, we harvest that. We can then use those losses that we harvest that are just paper losses. We can use them to offset the very real gains that we have in our property that will show up on our tax return when we sell that property. And so nice. something that I want you to keep in mind that you need to always be thinking about is how do I use my situation to my advantage, right? How do I make lemonade out of lemons? Because that is really what the difference is between the wealthy and everyone else. The rich get richer not because they're stepping on other people's shoulders. It's because they figure out how to use every situation they find themselves to their advantage. And you need to just think to yourself, how do I use my current situation to my advantage? If I was, if I had a team of lawyers, if I was a savvy person, if I was an asshole, what would I be doing? right? To, to make my situation better. And it doesn't mean putting other people down. It just means figuring out what are the tools that I have, the levers that I can pull to be able to pull them. And oftentimes we in our everyday life, we don't have exposure to that knowledge. I've been lucky enough that over the last 15 plus years that I've gotten to work with people who had that knowledge and I got to learn a lot of that. But if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't know any of these things. And for the average person, for the everyday life, none of these conversations come up. You're not talking to people who are real estate investors and tell you about all these things in the tax code of how to offset your taxes. So what you need to do is go find people who are the experts in your situation who deal with it every single day and figure out and learn from them and say, hey, what do you recommend I do? How would you recommend I go about doing it? And the great thing about social media, you're finding me on social media, there's all these kind of experts on social media and the newer generation, they use TikTok as a search engine because they figured that out. The people who have the knowledge, they're sharing their knowledge for free. You just need to go and find it, right? And whether you use someone like me as a conduit to be able to access that information or you do it yourself, you need to be asking yourself those questions of how do I make the most of my situation? What are the things that I think are a disadvantage that can actually be turned to an advantage? 
One thing I like about speaking with you, Label, is you put it in a way that makes sense to me and hopefully makes sense to others, is that it's up to you to do these things. You can't just expect your tax preparer to, to bring up all this stuff or your, if you've just got a basic financial type person to start talking to you about taxes and stuff. This You need to go out and you need to have the right questions. You need to go get some information. And this is a great vehicle for that. Yeah, you really... As much as you need to build a support team around yourself, but you got to be the one who's driving that ship because nobody cares about your life more than you, right? And it, and nobody's going to care about it to a greater extent than you, right? Maybe on a temporary basis, you'll need someone like me and I'll really care for you. But how much energy can I already put into you if you're not reciprocating it? If you're not matching my energy level, I'm going to move on to the person who is. And that's the way it is with everybody in life, right? You're no, no one's going to drag you along and make you a success. What will happen is the IRS and Congress is going to take advantage of the fact that you are not taking control of your life, and they're going to set out a default path that's beneficial for them and not for you. And that really is how government works. There's doctrines about it. There's papers about it. It's They take advantage of it, and it's how it's how Congress and governments as a whole are able to make these huge welfare promises and these huge program promises and, and not deliver on them because people don't take advantage of it. All they have to do is say, fill out this form in order to get it, but then they don't tell you that you need to go fill out the form. And 30% of the people never apply for it because they didn't know they could get it. Well said said. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you, Label. Join us next time as we talk about the glitch in the matrix. The what? The glitch in the matrix that allows you to use your money while it's still invested. Is this real or just another one of those internet scams? That's next time right here on Label on Fire. If you would like to see how the Yields for You team can help you get off the Wall Street roller coaster and save you money on taxes so you can live the life of your dreams, book an appointment online at yieldsforyou.com. That's yieldsforyou.com. Or call 410-914-4894. That's 410-914-4894. Yields for You is a registered investment advisor in the state of New York and only transacts business in states where the firm is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Registration as an investment advisor is not an endorsement. Information presented on this program is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. Discussion should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell or solicitation of any offer to buy or sell the investments mentioned. Annuity guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Content should not be viewed as legal or tax advice. Always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation.